Live from the Talking Joe studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, hey, hey. It's Fat Albert. No. <laughs> it's the Chief. <laughs> and I'm joined by you. Who are you? I'm Christopher McLeod, a.k.a. Oh, Diagnostic that's not right. 80. What, what, what are you I doing know? here? Oh, um, oh, no, that is right. You're supposed to get right. someone else in, were you? Yeah, I, I thought I was giving you the week off. <laughs> oh, I see. I no. see how it actually, is. Actually, you had me worried because when I was speaking to Mr. Diagnostic, uh, about three minutes ago saying right I'm ready to record he started Skype calling me and then he just literally cut off and he typed a message saying sorry I've had a crash I was like, holy balls <laughs> yes. this guy doing a podcast while driving that is that is uh, taking it to the next level but what he actually meant was Skype crash I like I like to ex- I like to really threaten other road users by uh, setting up podcast recordings in my car on the yeah. highway. Before I find out what you've been doing and what I've, you find out what I've been doing, I would like to quickly go to Beverage for the Show. Beverage for the Show. Beverage for the Show. Now I am gonna go and drink my beverage for the show. Early doors. I like it. I like yeah. it. Because mine's getting cold. Mine's getting warm now. In, it's well, been waiting for so long. Didn't even, mine didn't even start cold, which is the problem. And, um, I picked this up off the shelf without really looking at it too hard, <laughs> and that is now I'm now regretting that decision. Kombucha. This is, it, <laughs> it may well be as bad. It's called Alice Ice Tea. Mm. Now I don't mind like a you know uh, like a Lipton's iced tea, you know, like a peach something like that. But this is flavour. This is bergamot. Now I have I don't even know what that word is. Oh, know what that word is? Yeah, I know what it is, but I, I, oh, don't, I don't know what it... I'm trying to think what it tastes... Is it kind of an aniseedy taste, do you think? I don't know. It, it's B-E-R-G-A-M-O-T-T-E, and yeah. it has got... Well, on the front, at, at a long-range distance, when I grabbed it off the shelf, it looked like ice cubes with a picture of a nice, refreshing lime. <laughs> and now I'm wondering if bergamot is not lime. Let's have a go. It's in a can. Satisfying. Let's have a sweet. Well, so far, yeah, until I taste it. Let's have a go. Oh, good gurgle noises. Um, let's look at the description before I say <laughs> what I think. It, uh, GB, it's a, it's a way drink, as in W H E Y. All right, okay. It's a way drink with tea drink and bergamot flavour. Oh, wait a minute, it's spelled bergamot here, it's, not, it's only one T, no E at the end. Oh, no, yeah. I'll turn the camera around, it's got two different spellings. Yeah, oh, I see. you've got Clever. the the English and you've got whatever and, yeah, other yeah, yeah. language. So, yeah, side. it's a whey drink with tea drink and bergamot flavour. Uh, I don't know what any of that means, really, but it just tastes, yeah, it just tastes like a kind of iced tea, I guess, but not really an iced tea, like a warm, semi-warm tea that's supposed to be an iced tea. So, there you go. There you go. What have you got? I... Decided the other about two days ago that I was I, I was rather than you know rushing at the last minute to get something from you know for this particular segment, I thought hey that looks pretty gross I'm going to grab that and try that instead. Um, while we were at I think we were in Walmart. Well, I apologise we were in Walmart, but it was a Mountain Dew drink called Pitch Black, and usually this kind of comes out I think around Halloween. 
And um, I'm surprised. I saw a tweet the other day that said, "Why don't they call it Mountain Boo?" Which I thought was hilarious. Right. But no, it's so. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try this. It's obviously it's a soda. All I know about Mountain Dew is I think it's 100% sugar. Oh yeah, it's it's usually hideous. I remember I used to love it as a kid because uh, we didn't have it in the UK because of some sort no. of I don't know ingredients restriction or something. And the fact yeah. that it was you know neon f- green or yellow. Yeah. Anyway, I'm opening it up. Let's see if it makes any noise at all. Oh, yeah, nice. Oh, nice. Nice. It's a plastic bottle, so... Oh, okay. Your, your wife wouldn't... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, my wife is right going to go mental. Uh, it's a plastic bottle, but how how did it... Is it got like a... Is it one of those ring pool tops? No, no, I just... I, it was just a, a fizzy snap as I tore the uh, plastic uh, twisty cap oh, okay. off. So here we go. That's actually pretty nice. It's definitely yeah. it's Mountain Dew with what I a bit of grape or like interesting fruit choices. They're really nice. That's like Mountain Dew, but like nice. You know, like I, I used to like yeah. it as a kid, but it, you know, it's it is pure sugar. This is too, but this isn't bad. I'm impressed. Very nice. Oh, very good. tasty. Let's move on. Good. Yes. <laughs> um, what have you been up to this week? Mm. Other than going to Walmart to buy my beverage yeah. for the show. I have been, well, I was busy months ago, well, a while ago, uh, making music with uh, Word Burglar, the amazing rapper that has done so many different amazing nerdy albums over the years, including Welcome to Cobra Island, which is one of the best G.I. Joe rap albums, probably the best G.I. Joe rap album of all time, in in fact, probably the only one. And... um, Basically, I got to work with him on his latest album, which is out today, which obviously when this goes out, it'll be next week, so last week. Yep. <laughs> it was out Tuesday last time. week. And yeah, it's, I, should have, I should have thought about this and probably put some sort of promotion on the last e- uh, episode we did, but I didn't think about that. In any case, I've been uh, excited to promote that all day long. Um, it's out today, Tuesday the 27th, and you can download it from propsdepartment.bandcamp.com that's p-r-o-p-s-d-e-p-t dot bandcamp.com and yeah it's basically an amazing album i've contributed three tracks to it three beats and yeah they're going down an absolute storm they're transformers related one of them one of them's visionaries related and the other one is star wars related but the beat is from a different property and i'll leave Leave it up to the listeners to decide. Ah, I'm going to check that out after this show. Well, I hope you do. It's a, it's an amazing album. Word Burglar is an incredible rapper, and uh, we just did a we did an episode of the Newsburst as well, where we we basically take the album completely apart and talk about it, and he gives us like inside information on all of the the way he made the music and the way he came up with the the stories and stuff. It's really really cool. So check that out as well. Anyway, that's what I've been up to. I won't take any more of your time. What have you been up to? Doing a lot of cooking this week. It nice. was not throwing it on the floor in the kitchen this time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the kids' fourth birthday on Sunday. Happy. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. So, so we um, uh, we had a little party, and I, the missus had a new cookbook, so I decided to make some stuff out of it. It's a vegetarian cookbook. It's not plastic, is it? It's not plastic. Okay, no. Just um, so I made herbie potato dumplings in a butter and walnut sauce. You had me at hello. <laughs> yes. I made a bean 
Uh, yeah, I made a bean. No, I made uh, Scotch eggs, but I don't know. Is nice. are Scotch eggs a things in the states? They, they they are understanding it now, I believe. Yes. Okay, so the, a standard Scotch egg would be boiled, a hard boiled egg, uh, wrapped in sausage meat, and then wrapped or coated in a breadcrumb coating. But this, as it is vegetarian ones, instead of sausage meat, I. Uh, used a mixture of uh, kidney beans and carrots and onion um, for that. And then the other thing I made was harissa and honey and orange roast parsnips. Amazing. I love parsnips. Parsnips are the shiz. Yeah, they they are the one. And then I made... Spinach and sweet potato fritters. They kind, they kind of look like onion bhajis. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. <laughs> Not my words, Michael. The words of Shaken Stevens. They were nice. And then I made a courgette, orange and almond cake. That sounds amazing. Yeah. You just made me really sodding hungry. Yeah. And then my missus made a My Little Pony birthday cake. I'll put Aww. some pictures up online, actually. Why not? Let's put some pictures up of the wonderful food we had at the birthday party. Which, so that's what which pony was doing. it? Which, uh, well, she had uh, Twilight on top. Aww. Twilight Sparkle. Um, but it was actually, it was kind of like a three-tier layered cake with a, a pink chocolate dripping down the side. But you'll see the pictures. Holla and, um, back. Holla back, youngin. Holla back. Holla back, youngin. Holla back. There you go. There you go. It was all good. All good. And then the only other thing I've been doing is trying to get to the end of this Horizon Zero Dawn on X on uh, PS4. Oh yeah, you mentioned that last week. Because I'm tired of open world games. I've said it before that I'm not a massive fan of open world games because I just want to be told what to do and where to go and not be able to explore because I find that I just sink. It's a time sink. I just yeah. you know, I look at it and it's like, oh, I was 60 hours in and I'm about 50% through the storyline. <laughs> so I just want to get to the end. So all I'm doing now is just doing main quest stuff because I'm looking over my shelf over here in the loft and I'm seeing Super Probotector on the SNES. No. Nice. Although that was called something different, I think. Was it Contra? Contra. Contra something. Yeah. Contra 3, maybe? Played it yesterday, Did Contra you? 3, yes. Okay. In the it's UK, one of the it was... hardest games in the bloody universe. Yeah, it was Super Probotector in the UK, so I'm gonna, I, might, I might swing that up this week. And then I did mention I'm gonna, I think I'm going to try uh, Desert Strike. Jungle Strike and Urban Strike on the Mega Drive. Oh, I should mention as well, talking about Word Burglar, that I failed to uh, to, to confirm, but it was Narc, the track he, he made. Yes, yes, it was. Spent the summer perfecting my thumb muscles on a steady diet of lime pop and some ruffles. The combo that take me to the top of cleaning up the streets with two insane cops. Wage a war on drugs, I'll see you bet with the right amount of chip grease and sweat. One TV set and a goal to die for. Get the first NARC Nintendo Power High score. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was it's an absolute banger. And he, yeah. he basically got the high score back when he was a kid and he wrote into a uh, one of the mag- Nintendo Power magazine, I think it was. Yep. And uh, they published his high score in there for NARC. So, yeah, awesome. Wicked. Wicked. And then the only other game I'm going to try is Road Rush 2. I love old school gaming so much. Yeah, it's quality. It's quality. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've been doing and what I'm uh, planning to do for this coming week. So I'm feeling good. You're feeling good. The listeners are feeling good because they're listening to the show. So it can only mean one thing. we got to go inside Chief's mind. Ah! What has been grinding my gears? Getting my goat. 
That's, that's another British getting my goat. That is a British bloke losing my goat. Yeah, but, probably. Uh, I could save that for later in the show, but I'm not going to because I've got another one. What has been getting on my wick? Oh, there's another one. Uh, <laughs> what's been getting on my John Wick? Um, people. One, two, and three. Yeah, yeah. People who put stuff in my bin. Oh, that's annoying. Like, my, not my house bin. It's not like people are coming in off the street <laughs> and putting stuff in my house bin. That would probably annoy me. What I'm talking about is the big wheelie bin that is outside. What we've started doing is keeping the wheelie bin in the garden and only wheeling it out like yeah. the night before the rubbish man Same. or the garbage man is coming to collect. Who can take your trash out? Stop it down for you. Shake the plastic bag and do the twisty thingy do. The garbage man! Oh, the garbage man can! So now we just put it out on a Sunday night so it limits the amount of passers by who are just have got their, you know, uh, empty can of uh, Mountain Dew, just <laughs> opening up my bin and chucking it in. A dog filling in it a up, bag. Filling it up. I mean, look, okay, fine. If my bin's half full and you want to chuck something in that goes in that bin, because we've got four different bins we got a plastics and i bet that's empty plastics yeah that's, no seriously it's gone we have two of them it's gone down to one now uh plastics and metal bin all oh, right yeah um same a paper and card bin same a food bin yep and a general rubbish bin do you have like like garden waste you have to pay extra for a garden waste bin Ah, okay so no but um yeah okay look, look if my if my bin is half full and it's on the street and you've got a can and it's the plastic one put it in okay fine but don't a put it in if it's going to make the bin overflow or b put the wrong thing in the wrong bin yeah agreed annoys me because i mean you're not going to know if someone's throwing a, a, like their trash in there half the time but yeah. if like you say if they put it in the wrong bin you yeah. and Just also <laughs> if they've if they're kind of like jamming loads of stuff in like you say like when the lid won't close also yeah. you yeah there you go that's what's uh, happening inside my mind this week but i do want to talk about comics comic talk oh comic talk larry hammer writes them cheap and chris discuss them whoa comic talk oh comic talk Larry Hama writes them sheep and Chris discuss them whoa. So if you will recount last week we started off the the war in uh Trucio Abysmia, yeah, in Benzine, which is the capital, isn't it? Um and I guess. we're now uh, I guess it might as well be. Uh we're now continuing this storyline with the following four issues, one hundred and twelve to one hundred and fifteen, which will wrap up this this storyline. And Let's get to the covers. 112, this is a Lee Weeks cover, and it is a helicopter coming in over a silhouetted figure. At this moment in time, we don't know who it is, but we can kind of guess from the previous issue, kind of. Uh, and the, cat, the tagline on the front is, In this issue, ninja fighting, the war continues, and the body count rises. Isn't that Cool Breeze on the cover? That is Cool Breeze, yes. Just check in. Because yeah. I've never, honestly... I've never noticed and I've never given it any thought. This is one of those covers that, you know, it's cool and all. It's okay. But I've, I've just really, yeah, just kind of like, I've, if you showed me that without the G.I. Joe stuff on it, like take everything off that cover that in the intimate or imi- yeah, yep. that, that shows you that intimates, it can be G.I. Yeah. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, I'm intimates. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to tell you what it was until just then. I'm like, who is... Oh, yeah, it's Cool Breeze. Anyway, yeah. carry on. That's actually, I think, well, when we read through it, uh, there might even be a panel from the comic, but... Yeah, um, yeah. 
The next one is 113, and this is you've got Tunnel Rat kind of facing forward, pointing his gun at the reader. Then you've got Roadblock, and you've got Muskrat, and an Alley Viper's kind of ducking, or two Alley Vipers actually. You didn't spot that second one down low. Uh, hiding around the corner, this is Andy Kubert. I like the imagery, but something about it is just a little bit off, I think, potentially. Yeah the colouring maybe or the fact that they all seem a little bit disparate like they don't they seem to be separate images kind of pasted together almost they don't necessarily strike me as their characters either i mean tunnel rat looks huge for a start yeah and also his face looks weird like that doesn't look like tunnel rat in my opinion yeah. roblox really kind of pale in his his color so yep. like he almost looks like what he almost looks white on the cover and yeah. and Muskrat is probably the only one that I would suggest kind of looks anything like his, you know, character. And that's because you can't see him behind the bloody gigantic machine gun. Yeah. Although Muskrat's hat looks a little bit off as well, doesn't it? But yeah, it kind of he looks like he actually trilby. that if you t- if you took that image of his head and his hat and his collar and you recolored it brown, he'd just look like a detective. He'd look like a private yeah. eye. Yeah. Right, so we ripped the <laughs> out of that cover. Yeah. And inside it says, Inside the war continues. <laughs> The death of Battle Force 2000? Question mark. Yes. Yes. Spoilers. Issue 114. This has got rock and roll on the front, Dusty in the yeah. background, and introducing Metalhead. Well, Although that is not that's Metalhead. <laughs> that's actually Salvo. Yeah. Yeah, I, found, I find this cover quite interesting for a couple of reasons. One, they're introducing Metalhead, but not introducing Metalhead on the cover. And also, they because obviously of the time that this came out, was I'm thinking we're in, we must be into 91 now, right? Uh, this is July 1991. Yeah, so now you've got the sound or the Sonic Fighters rock and roll, and he has this new car. So it's the, it's the version 2 rock and roll, but then with the uh, different colour that his Sonic Fighters version came in. So they're kind of trying to keep everyone to toy type which is quite interesting yeah and then we get the final cover is 115 and you've got a cobra vehicle uh, uh, a cobra aircraft I rattler don't really is that is it easily identifiable as a rattler yeah the number the and the fact that the nose cannon underneath yeah i guess and it looks like possibly even wild weasel's helmet oh, in the definitely front. is a hundred percent and that is firing on a I mean, is that easily identifiable as a stealth? Yeah, that's fighter? the Phantom X-19. Yeah, that's okay. uh, Slipstream and Ghost Rider sitting in the cockpit. It is, but as we'll notice, Slip, Slipstream gets name-tagged as Dogfight a lot in this issue. It, weirdly, they, he starts yeah. off as Slipstream, he says Slipstream's going to be with becomes, you, and then yeah. they change it to Dogfight. I think he was like... It was almost like I think there was a joke in there where he was getting Ghost Rider's name wrong, and Ghost Rider then gets his name wrong. But then I think whoever was doing the inking, like, obviously got sidetracked. Like, I will come to that anyway. But anyway, I will. Anyway, uh, so all these are written by all these written by Larry Harmer, uh, John Statemars on pencils, Randy Emlins on inks, uh, Rick Parters on letters, and Bob Shereen's on colours. So. This, I'm going to say first of all, we were both a little bit down on this storyline last week. I personally think this second half of it is a lot better. Yeah, it's a lot better, totally. And it reads as it almost reads as four separate single stories yeah. within the within the the war going on. Yeah, I think each of these can kind of hold up on their own. Maybe the first one has got a little bit of carryover, but the other three are all very much individuals. Yeah, well, I mean, you have focuses on different teams in the same battle, don't you? So you have, you know, you got your Battle Force Two Thousand coming in as a almost like as a. Uh, 
reinforcement kind of situation but you've got deep recon you've got recon sorry ninja team deep recon and then like the the heavy gunners that fight yeah. metalhead so there's like yeah you're right there are like these all these different kind of things yeah. going on within the same battle yeah totally because in the, in this first issue here which carries over from the other ones like we said like you mentioned you've got the ninja team who have gone deep in uh, then you've got the recon team who are effectively supporting the ninja team's withdrawal and then you've got the armored team which is actually lady j and flint their crew whoever whoever else is with them i can't remember but they're the armored team so they're supporting (laughs) the recon team's withdrawal of the ninja team it's almost like a chain one of those you know slips up then the others are in trouble and yeah early on you see the ninja team there you know very almost first page is first page snake eyes they're above this skylight where the saw viper is in this sort of watering hole in this tavern and he's about to pop a cap in him but storm shadows like you know this is going to jeopardize the mission so there'll be a there'll be a second chance to get him and again they keep painting this saw viper as an absolute slime bag yeah you kind of have to yeah they but they really do cartoon slash comic book villain him up you know in his evilness and his laughing about the fact that his teammates tried to protect them when they were shooting them down and stuff and you know yeah laughing very comfortably in the face of killing innocent people line them up i'll slay them and all that kind of jazz not transformer jazz but you know stuff Damn, yeah prime. And, <laughs> sorry that was Dude, like, i'm a big fan of a big fan of jazz actually that's my jazz, jazz to moon base 2 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 he was amazing was it yeah. uh scatman carruthers that did his voice i think so yeah because yeah. there was a we interviewed buzz dixon who was the writer on a lot of the cartoons like yep. pretty much everything uh, you know, sorry, that was a stupid. Uh, yeah, I wasn't assuming you didn't know. He would love it when Scatman Carruthers, well, like when he would be on his episodes because he would go down to the recording studio, right, just to kind of see him and and watch him do his stuff. I thought that was really, really like, cool. That's cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, in in this issue, the main things here then are like you identified correctly on the cover, Cool Breeze in the Chopper's sights. So we kind of got a little look at Cool Breeze last time. He's this arrogant. Is he young? I don't know. He's arrogant. He's a rookie on the team, but he's very weirdly dressed. He's got glasses. Cybernetic parts. Well, (laughs) yeah, it looks like he's got cyborg arms, but I'm guessing that's just weirdly coloured sleeves. He's got glasses, but then he's got some kind of scope thing on his forehead. So I don't know if he pulls that, how that's going to fit over his glasses. He's got a sword that he's carrying and he's got a baseball cap on backwards. It's just a weird design that's very 90s. Oh, I was going to say, he basically looks like straight out of the 90s. There's that one panel where he's running like the lower panel and you've got he's grabbing his bag and he's about to run over there and say like you know basically kind of sacrifice himself and yeah he just looks mad and those arms it looks like he's he looks like he's turning into colossus it's so weird and he yeah like you said they spot the night creepers on the ninja team's tail so he's like oh we introduced another couple of uh, joes here we got ambush and recoil yeah and recoil is not he's colored in a different way than his toy i i don't know this guy i've never seen this toy of him i I actually had ambush for some reason even though i stopped collecting i actually had ambush i think i've still got him ambush is brilliant did he come with like a net yeah he had like a he had like um, yeah yeah he had two pieces of uh, material one acted as a tent with tent pegs and the other bit was like a 
camouflage like poncho type thing yeah i think i've still got him but um play was he almost like a re- outback replacement kind of well yeah i suppose he would have been an upgrade to that aspect i mean he was more i mean he was like a jungle operations guy so okay. he was probably a recondo replacement right. more than anything and what about rico what's his gig i don't can't really is he just infantry i don't what's his Oh no, he's a radio, he's got radio no, well, gear, so what is he, dial tone upgrade? Recoil had all sorts of different things going on. He, he carried like a, a briefcase with mines in it, and he also had these crazy weapons, and at the same time a, and a radio antenna on his backpack. So he was kind of all over the shop in terms of specialities, right. yeah. Okay, well anyway, he's he's got some gear here which they use to jam the Night Creeper's frequencies to stop them reporting into Cobra HQ the position of the ninja team. He was infantry, by the way. He was infantry, right, okay. Long-range recon patrol, may I add. Oh, nice, nice. When that happens, uh, Cool Breeze comes up with that idea and he's like, yeah, cool, give me a medal, you know, promote me and all this kind of stuff. But they say, well, now we're going to have to justify that jamming. So now we need to make ourselves the targets. Yeah, so you've basically just painted a massive target yeah, on, target our, on our back. Exactly. And then so he does that sacrifice thing where he, you know, I'm looking at a panel now at the end of the issue where he's running and it's just that weird pose. It looks like Mr. Fantastic or something. <laughs> it's so uh, it's weird. A bit stretchy. The other panels, the, when, you, when you turn the page, the other panel's better where he's kind of from yeah. the front side. But again all over the place design wise it's really odd he's got like a checker pad on his shoulder like a yeah, chessboard just, i mean that's just design but it's weird isn't it, it really is odd <laughs> yeah really is a weird design um and this is where then he goes to sacrifice himself with the jammer with with some the radio equipment and his helicopter comes in but it's actually being piloted by the ninja team because they've managed to a dispatch the night creepers and b also they've done away with the saw viper at this point haven't they and yeah they killed him off, off panel. panel i'm surprised at that i thought they would make a big point of doing horrible things to that guy yeah because we, we flash back a little bit and the saw vipers escaping in a chopper and then the ninja team effectively jump into that chopper he's he's got his whatever weapon he's well, i don't know what that is the saw vibe. Oh, it's a saw, saw. Isn't it, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said that last week, didn't I? What an idiot. Um, but he can't, you know, they're like putting the hurt down on him in literally one panel. And the next time they come out of the chopper, Snake Eyes kind of just drops the saw and says, you know, we got our payback. And like you, I, I thought they would take their time and mess him up quite bad or at least capture him or do something like that. But maybe Larry didn't want to, didn't want to show it and didn't want to suggest that yeah, an, eye, was, an eye for an eye thing yeah. yeah possibly but they could have had it so that they were going to maybe take him into you know as like a prisoner and then in the resulting struggle he's pushed out of the helicopter or kicked out of the helicopter as he's about to kill someone else Some, something where it was a justifiable self-defense thing could have been done yeah. but i'm surprised they that they didn't really you know it was done off panel it just seems weird after they just mutilated yeah. so many characters on, yeah. on and on and panel. on panel in vicious kind of in brutal poses and, mm. and brutal brutal pages they'd kind of glorify it and maybe didn't want to but um we lose you also another get one hit- next <laughs> there's another one next well for, yeah you get uh first this is where foud who is the leader of the the resistance <laughs> but he wants to actually overthrow the emir of benzene and get cobra out so you've kind of got three factions now get your cobra um, out did you just say yeah he wants to get his cobra out and do things with it so 
and he kind of initially reminded me of Mets, the, yeah, the dude big time, big from time. Barovia. So big time. initially he comes across as a man of the people, but then as the issues go by, he's kind of like, oh no, wait a minute, I'm in it for myself and power and all that kind of thing. And it's almost like a carbon copy. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I probably am because I'm just saying this is a sweeping generalisation, but is it only Dr. Adele Burkhart who is ha- who has had that long-running relationship with the Joes where, yes, she doesn't agree with them, but she's always been like honourable. But it yeah. seems like all these other guys they come into contact with are complete and utter holes, whether yeah. they are for the people or not. They always seem to turn, don't they? Yeah, that's no, I think you're right. I think you're right. And Burkhart's a really cool character for that reason, that yeah. she you know, straddles that line. You can't but prove I that. I wonder if she you know, straddles it, that lifeline. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see that. And um, I wonder if the, if this is like Larry's writing, where because the the fouled bit has only really been in kind of two issues. The previous one, I think, and this one, he's captured the armored team, which is why they weren't there for the withdrawal of the recon team. And he's got um, Flint and Lady J hostage in the whatever the vehicle they were in. The raid, not the raider. It was the know. raider, wasn't it? I think was it, it was the raider. I, th- I don't know. I can't remember. It was it anyway. Was, whatever it was bit, so whatever. long ago. Whatever it was only yeah. Whatever vehicle they're in, and he has now. There's a panel here where he's pulling stalkers, massive six shooter out, so to that. speak. And this is where Cool Breeze sees it happening and jumps in front of the bullet or reangles the gun with his stalker, cybernetic arm. With his cybernetic arm and take takes one right in the chest, and then actually. Snake Eyes Uses takes the, the saw, saw and <laughs> blows this guy to kingdom come. Yeah. So, so was that? So the the fouled bit. I thought that was actually gonna, you know, this resistance movement was gonna be a big part, but no, it just all dies off there. So I don't no, know yeah. if Larry yeah. kind of got bored of that thing and just oh, let's just kill this guy off, or whether he just introduced this guy for this particular scene. Or I'm not too sure, but I'm gonna say boredom. Bit, I'm gonna say boredom on this yeah, one. Yeah, it just feels a bit unfinished. But okay, fine, that's that's okay. But well, it's not okay for Cool Breeze because he is now sucking a chest wound here, big time. I know, and then and then cross country, he's told to assemble the unit for a full formation, and they they do their kind of, you know, their traditional tribute to their fallen, yeah. which is quite sad. That scene where you got all the guns dug yeah, into the, the ground, and the hel- yeah, and the and so the we get we bandana. get. A, uh, yeah, we got a name check, don't we? We get uh, Breaker, Quick Kick, Heavy Metal, Thunder, Crankcase, Crazy Legs, Doc, and then this is where Stalker says we got an eighth KIA, Cool Breeze. He was a real Joe, sir. He did his job. Even though they hated him for ages. Even though the whole issue, Stalker is riding him like a dog. Same thing happened with, with, I want to say, was it Mangler? Yep, I've got that written in my notes as well. As much as Fouled is a carbon copy of Mets, Cool Breeze is pretty much Mangler from that special missions where Dusty, was it Dusty giving him a hard time? Yeah. I can't know, I can't think who it was, but they were all giving him a hard time in the desert because he was the, the green, the rookie and um, he ended up sacrificing himself so the team could get away. This is almost exactly the same thing happening here. But... Well, Mangler was giving them... Well, he was giving one of them a hard time for being... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he wasn't a real... Lightfoot. Was it? Lightfoot. Lightfoot, yes, your boy, Lightfoot. My boy, Lightfoot. Yes. He was dissing Lightfoot. So I don't give a shit if Mangler's dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> moving on. My boy. He's my boy, yo. Mo- anyway, next. Moving on. Uh previous agreement is issue 113 and this is where the front cover says the death of battle force 2000 question mark and answer yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) um 
And this comprises a couple of bits. One of the main bits is Dusty and Sneak Peek are having a good old chat. And they're in the middle of a firefight in a town square. And they're reminiscing about a, a previous Christmas dinner where... Oh, mate. Dust, is it Dusty went to Sneak Peek's house or the yeah. other way around? No, Dusty went to Sneak Peek's. But yeah, they really lay it on thick with the foreshadowing here, don't they? Yeah. I actually... And this is... Okay, we've seen Cool Breeze bite bite the dust earlier. This is much better or much more you well feel, told, I you think. You feel for this character, don't you? That's yeah, the thing, yeah, yeah, because we've seen Sneak Peek. We know he's, he's, he's a good guy. And when he does the... The bad guys, the alley vipers and the frag vipers, they find some hostages, a, a woman and a kid, and they use them, they put the kid out into the town square to use as bait. So Sneak Peek goes out to try and rescue the kid. Of course he gets gunned down. Dusty doesn't want to leave the body behind. Stalker's like, you've got to leave him. If you carry him, if you pick him up and carry him, that's you're on your own. You know, that's it's your responsibility. And Dusty's like, I made a promise to his mum that if anything ever happened... Mm. Uh, I would bring his body home. We should say as well, a range viper takes him out as well. Oh, yeah, he does. It's a range viper. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I like to kind of acknowledge who does the dirty in this one. Yeah, yeah. And then the other bit is the battle force. Some of the art here is... John Snater, it's not his best start, because I'm looking now at page 8 and 9, the first appearance of Battle Force 2000, and I don't know if he's rushed on time, but some of the faces look a bit off. Yeah, Dodger's face and his helmet looks really weird. It looks very... It doesn't look 3D enough. It looks very flat. A lot of overshading. Like yeah. so, so just like real flat black shading on things, which I don't think necessarily is the best look for the Joe uh, comic. You know, like no. you look at most of the the pages in this, there's a lot of this almost like reliance on thick dark black shading, and it really does minimise a lot of the detail. And also, you're right, it, it kind of kills it in the 3D aspect of it. Really yeah. kind of flattens everything doesn't it it's a shame because we've seen from the previous issues he does some great artwork but yeah i wonder maybe if the deadline the was a problem maybe it's the, the colouring yeah but at the top of that page there where you see about force 2000 i don't what's that kind of crazy flying vehicle not the one that maverick's in the other one on the left it's the vindicator the vindicator which okay. splits into i think two different parts the vindicator i think if i'm right is yeah it's a hovercraft and it's like okay. two battle units in one right. and the vindicator kind of separates and yeah, yeah. it becomes this yeah. uh hovercraft thing so what's happening here is this is in the uh reserve oil storage area so battle force 2000 are going through this area because they think okay cobras and they're not going to know we're here because we're not no one's foolish enough to go through this area but what actually happens is they have been found out there's a funny bit here where they're sneaking through and then you get a page where the Emir, he's on a, just a telephone, he's found a telephone box and uh, he's giving Cobra Commander a quick call. As you do. To, to say, hey, Cobra Commander, I know where these Joes are. They're going through the oil area. Don't shoot the oil. Even though these guys are at war with each other. I know, uh, yeah. And uh, Cobra's like, uh, okay, fine. What's your price? And he's like, 500 mil. And he goes, yeah, no, no dice. So then he, then, well, then he actually says, he gets a battery of cannons, says fire for effect. But he was up, he was actually targeting the oil. Well, because then, cause then you he can't said, really fire in there for effect, yeah. can you? That's one hell of an exactly. Effect. Then he says, "You didn't give me enough money, so I ain't doing it." And then Battle Force Two Thousand go out in one panel. There's that on the next page, that top left panel. That is the one panel where they all die. The Badoom, Badoom, yeah. Uh, and then he just gives a roll call. This is Dodger in the Marauder reporting by code name Avalanche Blocker Maverick Knockdown Blaster. They don't answer, DJ. See if you can raise them on the command net. DJ, not him too. So they all die apart from Dodger. Crazy. I found this 
for one thing like i just i was not a fan of you know joe's dying i think it's like one or two is i think you've got enough characters to probably do that at a a decent rate throughout your entire story arc right uh from like you know issue one all the way through to 155 but when you just want to wipe teams out like that i mean you just why can't you not why couldn't it just be the case where you don't show them in the comic anymore or like they're yeah. just off panel yeah. why do you have to kill them like i in don't one understand small panel at the top that's it i'm not against killing characters off because obviously that's more realistic or whatever but at the same time i think a lot of kids invested their money and their li- well not their money so their parents did but they invested yeah. a lot into these characters so for one of their guys to go, yes, it sucks. But to wipe out in what? How many issues have we had? Five, uh, yeah, if that. Yeah. We've had like more deaths than we've ever had in the entire run up to now. Yeah, that is yeah. unreal and a little bit pointless. Yeah. But anyway, carry on. Just wrapping up this uh, dusty sneak peek. Sorry, sneak peek bit. I do like that. I, I was quite invested here in this because I do like that flashback where I know they lay yeah. it on thick, but then. She's saying that, you know, her, was it her uncle or, oh no, my brother was in Vietnam yeah. and the body never came back. And that's why she says if anything happens. And then, which I'd forgotten about, Sneak Peek, he's, he's not actually dead at no. this point. He kind of moves over and he's like, help. He's not even saying something like, you know, I can hold the line while you guys escape. He's actually now saying, help me. He's, he's a man down and he wants help. And um, this is where... Dusty does go in, pick him up, and then by the time, unfortunately, by the time he gets back to base, stretches like he's been Dusty. dead for hours. This man's been dead for hours. You carried him all the way back here, and he's like, "I, I promise." This, yeah. the, I, it, no, I agree with you, and I think had that been the only death in this entire run, yeah, you know that maybe one of the Battle Force Two Thousand, maybe a couple of the other guys, fair enough. Like it's a pretty hefty battle that you know against the odds or whatever. I understand that, but they wipe out so many characters. It just doesn't feel... And then, like, you don't get any for ages again. So it just seems like almost like a forced thing. Like, Hasbro were like, uh, we need these out of the comic now, Larry, or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But and something that we that we kind of went past that I thought was really interesting was this one page where Roadblock and Muskrat, and I think... Who's the other one? Is it Lowlight? Kind of end up going to enlisted quarters. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, full of, like, higher, you know, really fancy equipment uh, gym equipment and like it's really expensive in there and they give the explanation that the army have to be paid loads of money to be in the army because it's like one of those countries where you know most jobs will pay amazing money because there's very little people in it and the fact that they will only work from 60 grand up in the military in a, even enlisted men, they were like, Man, that, I haven't seen that amount of money in my lifetime, let yeah, alone yeah. a year. So, yeah, I, th- I found that yeah. quite an interesting little page, just just to throwing in a bit of politics there, I think, from yeah. uh, from Larry, but interesting. At the back of this issue, I've got an advert for current Marvel comics that you can buy, and you can get a 12-issue subscription for 12 bucks. Wow. And can you name <laughs> no 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 can you name how many magic johnson how many x related comics do you think there are here okay well x-men obviously yeah. would uncanny x-men be a different one yeah that's fine yeah two x-force yeah x-man uh no he was that wasn't uh, it was a comic but it wasn't out yet yeah okay um x-men uncanny x-men X Force, not Uncanny X Force as well. No, that was a later title. That was like yeah. recent. That's like in that the two was thousands, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did like that run, by the way. Yeah, 
Un- yeah, I loved Uncanny X-Force. I thought it was great. Yep, good book. Recommender. This is X. I'll give you a couple of the characters from it, if you can guess. Okay. Strong Guy. Quicksilver. Oh, okay. Um, Havoc was the leader. House of X. Uh, Polaris. <laughs> Not a clue, mate. Not a clue. Uh, X-Factor. Oh, yeah, okay. Could have got that. There's, I'm not going to count X-Men classics because that was just reprints. There's one more. Oh, there's two here. It features an X-Man, but it's a single character book. There's no X in the title. Oh, Wolverine? Yes. And then there's one more. It is a British-based team. Uh, Captain Britain? <laughs> uh, no, he's on this team, though. Oh, what are they called? Uh, no, go on. Sorry. Excalibur. Excalibur. Son of a... I did know that. I hate myself right now. Right, moving on, issue 114. This is where we do get Metalhead, and this is a kind of standardised conflict within a team. So you've got the G.I. Joe guys, and it's an armour armor versus infantry kind of situation because there's this Metalhead character who's a personal anti-tank specialist, and then you've got Salvo, Rock and Roll, and Dusty, who are our foot soldiers for the Joes, and then you've got Hot Seat... Steeler. Steeler's driving a pulverizer. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Hot seat's in the radar. Pulverizer's like a mini it was it was a Battle Force two thousand vehicle that okay. came out the year after the Battle Force guys came out. The infantry guys are in the hammer anyway. Maybe it's just hot seat and steeler. Hot seat steeler. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. So and, and then there's Salvo, Salvo Rock and Roll and Dusty. And roll. Yeah, yeah. Because Steeler's thing gets blown up early on. And they're like, jump on board. And he goes, no, I'm riding on a real vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to ride shotgun. Yeah, it was just the two of them, yeah. They're like, they come to some dragon's teeth later, don't they? The anti-tank things. We can't go over it. Oh, don't worry, the raider can go over it. The, the armour guys are bragging. Bit of hubris, I think, yeah. from Hot Seat on this one. Yeah. And and Steeler for thinking they can uh, do everything themselves and kind of constantly dissing yeah. the other guys a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Nice to see Steeler, though. Yeah, he's an original. Time. We haven't seen him in ages. So my first surprise, thought was, surprised he didn't die. Yeah, my first thought was, there's a guy we haven't seen for ages. This guy's biting the bullet, but he doesn't. <laughs> he, he survives. But um, thoughts on Metalhead? Uh, okay, well, I'm very split on Metalhead because I loved the figure when it came out. He's yep. okay in the comic, but he is an absolute pain in the ass in the Deke cartoon. Like he is right. the most annoying character ever devised. Okay. He screams all the time. He's just like. Rate 200. You know how Zed was in the Police Academy movies? Yep. Get it to me! Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Bucks! Our business is slow! Get a new business or move out of the neighborhood! <laughs> kind of talks like that but all the time okay. and it's really annoying and he, and he kind I've of never i've never seen it so oh i'm gonna i'm gonna send in fact i'm gonna have a, an audio clip of him screeching away in the background on this on this excellent. episode i say excellent it's not going to be excellent but no. um yes i kind of like the design but he does come across as a bit of a douche i think he's like a one issue wonder as well i'm not too sure yeah. he pops up again. He, do you know what? He, he's kind of like reminds me of a of Cobra version of Fast Draw. Um, Fast okay, Draw yeah. was the yeah the the Joe with the two massive missiles either side yep. of him. And I always used to think that was a funny design. Like yeah, he's just gonna like get rocket exhaust and his 
like melt his body every time he fires yeah. those things. Yeah, right. But yeah, metalheads got like them everywhere. But I just yeah. I don't know. I think they're. I think it's an interesting and cool design. Yeah, com- coming to Salvo, there's a very cool, interesting uh, action figure as well. Yeah, he's got some sort of handheld five-piece yeah RPG thing and a gun as well. He's got a massive gun as well. They really, um, they really do hammer home some of the the Joe heavy heavy weapons guys in these yeah. issues don't they because yeah. in the next one we see backblast but we'll get to that in a second sorry yeah i mean i thought this story had quite a nice like cat and mouse feel to it yeah it's good you pacing know, he's, he's, i like he's it popping up you know whittling the the joes down a little bit taking out the machinery running them on a sort of wild goose chase kind yeah of thing. the only thing i don't like is the fact they met they're able to communicate from a massive distance apart as in like you know they can hear what he says and he can hear what they say over the, the, over the over explosions battlefield like yeah. it's just that's the only thing that bugs me it's like he'll say like i don't have to uh show more than my you know my goggles in order to you know fire my missiles and then i think they the guy directly responds to him yet salvo yeah. he says you're not even going to be able to do that if you're ducking my missiles i'm like how does he hear him like it's just yeah. it's bonkers so I, I that's the only thing but i do i must admit yes the actual pace of this particular story is great and it's really fun to read as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's probably my favourite of the issues of this run so far. I do like the storyline. I do like oh, this oh, yeah, the, sorry, yeah, no, uh, yeah, so you're right. Far, so far. Yeah, you're and, right. And um the Dusty and Metalhead are kind of charging each other right at the end, but then there's a big ceasefire because Hot Seat over the radio has got the word that would... uh well, why would Metalhead care? Why would yeah. he stop because Hot Seat stands up and says, oh, no, Cobra and the yeah. Joes, they have it's a ceasefire. It's like, f***ing yeah. no way. Yeah, he'd be capping them right off here. What an opportunity for a coward guy. And then they, they get the they get the sixth panel. Each one says a word. Well, I'll be hornswoggled. <laughs> and not, that's not hornswoggled from WWE. No, it's not. That about says it, says Hot Seat. That about, yeah, that about says it. So what's, ha- what's actually happened here? They've Cobra Commander's cut a deal with... The Emir of Benzene. What is that actual deal? I can't remember. Oh, you find out in the next issue. Yeah, I think. you do. It's basically, it, yeah, it's it's a deal in that Cobra Commander has got the Emir like by the balls, effectively. Yeah. And then you actually get uh, leading into future issues. Yeah. You do find out uh, this is you know this is probably the best bit of the whole storyline. You find out over two pages there's some Cobra troopers, some Vipers who are on Cobra Island, which we haven't seen in a while, and they are digging into the freighter, the landlocked freighter which was no landlocked no longer. Well, it is still landlocked. They but find a uh, tunnel, don't they? In a, in a volcano. And they find that everyone is dead because of a bad batch of ham and lima bean sea rations. Botulism. Uh, but they do find that two people are missing, Zartan and Billy, to be continued. Dun, dun, dun. We'll find out about not today, uh, but not even next week, I don't think. Maybe the week after. But yeah, then we come on to the final issue, which is the wrap-up of this storyline. And this is another self-contained issue it's called counting coup uh coup as in c-o-u-p and this is where we get it's, it's an aerial storyline and we get the well, the stealth fighter with uh like you mentioned earlier ghost rider and uh slipstream who yeah. gets called slipstream early but then on two separate occasions by two different people gets called dogfight oh no wait well, a minute then no 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 the, the start it's these it's the uh, sky striker coming into play with um ace and dogfight Oh, sorry, yes. Oh, maybe that's why they got it mixed up, because Dogfight was in. Could have been, yeah. In the issue. Yes, you're right. So, yeah, the start of the issue is the Sky Striker coming back in, like you say, but then they launch the, the Stealth Fighter, don't they? Yeah. With 
top secret orders not to be read until they were en route. Uh, and this is clearly slipstream. It is penciled and drawn as slipstream. He even says it. He says, all I can tell you right now is that it's over benzene and your and slipstream will be your backseat man. Yeah, and then Ghost Rider even mentions, take the stick, slipstream. And then, yeah. after he's read the orders, your turn, slipstream. And then the next time he mentions him, I thought it was... Actually, there might be one of these uh, no-prize things. So I'll look forward to the post postcards from the pit. Uh, later on to see if there's a reference to this i think what's happened here is that ghost rider is taking the out of slipstream because slipstream doesn't know his code name and i think because it's at that point where i think he says it's almost like he says it as a in retaliation like you know i'm gonna call you dogfight because of it kind of thing and that's what i got from it and then I was just waiting for it to be sorted out, and it never did. It never got sorted out. So Slipstream says he's shooting at us stealthy, and he says, can't remember my code name, can you, dogfight, with a there question mark. Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking. He's saying dogfight because it's like to say, you know, there you go, I've forgotten your nicknames, I've forgotten your code name as well. But it keeps happening. He keeps saying, we need a new course, dogfight. And, and it's just like what so is he doing is this like a thing now is he calling him dogfight as a joke or has the inker at this stage missed the joke and is now inking it as dogfight or you know the letter sorry or the or you know maybe larry's messed up with this with the script and he's got confused and he's writing dogfight now because he's written it as a joke that's where what i was thinking anyway right at the end second to last page hawk is there on the debrief and he hawk actually says dogfight and uh captain jeffries so hawk's got it wrong as well i have found in issue 120 a letter i'm going to read it out this is from christian millen uh 47 to 52 44 street apartment cg woodside new york 11377 well get a proper address man dear joes (laughs) i have recently purchased issue 115 on page six panel two General Hawk tells Captain Jeffries that Slipstream will be his backseat man, but on page 15, panel 2, Jeffries calls his backseat man Dogfight. I think that Jeffries possibly calls Slipstream Dogfight on purpose, just so that he could get back at him for calling him Stealthy yeah, when tight. Slipstream couldn't remember his actual codename. Do I get a no prize? You wouldn't believe the amount of letters we got about this same thing, Christian. So the answer goes for all of you. It was not a mistake. Note how the name Dogfight is in bold letters. This, coupled with the irony in the sentence, should leave no doubt that Jeffries knew exactly what he was saying. We are at least trying to mimic life in our books, and what is more human than to jab someone verbally at the first opportunity? But however, like I said, on the second to last page, Hawk calls him Dogfight. I still think that... So that is was Hawk a- having a go as well? I think that was a mistake still. I think that was the mistake. I think, as it read, I was fully on board with him being just taking the mickey, and I was like, oh, I see what he's done there. But then as soon as it carried on, I'm like, okay, well, now he's calling him dogfight because it's just a funny joke now. It's like their their little joke between them now. And then when it got to the end and he called him dogfight, and I'm like, no, that's not right. They, that must be a mistake now. Yeah, because Hawk wouldn't be in on the joke. No. So anyway, Marvel Comics bull. I'm glad we sorted that out, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the deal I think that Cobra made with the Emir is uh, he's going to pretend to leave the country and not have any armaments there, etc. 
I know, uh, but, yeah. But he actually is going to, but he doesn't want control of the country, effectively. They snap that picture, don't they, of the firebat escaping the, ter- yeah, so the pterodrome. That was actual... You're, you're led all along to kind of believe that the stealth was on a bombing mission, but then it's even mentioned several times we don't want them bombing that installation but then the second to last or third to last page they show the picture of the fireback coming out of a pterodrome and it was basically proof that cobra is still in benzene i love that picture that sorry that page that panel because there's a few like lovely little touches on there obviously you've got the uss flag coffee mug with a cup of joe in it can i say which I, i thought was quite cute but then also hawk's watch has got to clayton love always roxy i find that i think that's really cool obviously clayton abernathy is hawk's uh file name and who's roxy uh well i'm guessing um that must be either like his wife or it's like a an old flame or it's someone that larry knows and yeah. or or the the artist whoever was doing the art of this for this particular one who was doing the art for this one I think it's John Statemar again oh yes so you know maybe it's got maybe it's something that he's added as a as a little thing to a friend for a friend of his or his wife or anything like that so it could be anything yeah. like that really this is a good one this is a good issue uh, you also get you get another new Joe here you actually get uh, Rampart yeah Rampart um and Backblast but yeah Rampart he kind of like says uh, backblast takes one of the rattlers out that's on the tail of stealth x19 that's it. and i always forget the name of that thing and Stealthy. Um, yeah <laughs> isn't that weird yeah yeah and obviously rampart got him there in the in the vehicle which yeah. is the, so they, they make a big deal of that they're, they're yeah. a new team and they're high-fiving because they're really good buds so we've just seen salvo and backblast i think we've seen backblast before though already we have maybe yeah, yeah. But he is almost identical to Salvo. Yeah, and he's got like this. Um, it, like, yeah, we have done backblast before because we talked about that three pronged missile launcher he's got, and then Salvo yeah. turns up with four missiles in his launch. It's like who's got the you know heavy duty turns up with that huge ridiculous box grenade launching thing as well. It's like it's ridiculous. But yeah, it's like who's got the biggest weapon? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that that's that's uh that's it for this this storyline. So we've got eight issues there that cover it all. I mean, we could break down those last few into single issues, but I'm saying just let's just rank all eight yeah, issues in one storyline because it is a yeah, war, it's yeah. all it's one thing. So what's your yo joeage on this? I think it was it brought it down a lot last episode. I I wasn't really feeling it, and then I feel like this definitely ramps it back up again. But I think overall for this arc, I'm going to give it a seven, high seven, high seven. I think I'm going in with a low seven for this one, and that is issues 108 to 115, mm-hmm. the war in benzene. Sevens from both high seven, and low seven. So if it stuff. had just been these issues, I probably would have been in the eight area. Yeah, because yeah. again, there's there's a lot of really good stuff in there. There's a lot of stuff. There there is the things that def- probably a low eight, but it would have definitely you know it would definitely have come down to that. And I yeah. think the previous issues have just kind of damaged that a little bit for me. I think once we once we got rid of the Saw Viper, because at least the people that were dying in this... I mean, I don't know how many members of, of Battle Force 2000 bit the dust, six maybe, plus we had Cool Breeze, plus we had Sneak Peek. So you've got three separate death incidents, but at least they were coming from different means. Yeah. The fact that it was one Saw Viper who killed like eight or seven seven joes previously it was just it felt a bit too contrived 
at least the death was spread out a bit more. Yeah, totally. You know, not, I'm not saying I'm a death monger. Well, no, sure, that's the opposite. You're actually kind of you, you're accepting the fact there's a loss in war, but you you want to yeah. do it over a period of time to obviously develop characters. Uh, yeah. There are so many characters in GI Joe that it's hard to do that, and I can understand that. You know, just wiping out a whole faction of him is like, oh, thank God, I don't have to worry yeah. about those anymore. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then, ironically enough. He makes the mistake of forgetting. Larry made the mistake of forgetting that Sneak Peek was actually dead. Yeah, and yeah. had him back in the the later issues of the IDW run, which is oh, does he? Is that hilarious? I thought you were right. No, no. Apologies for the spoiler there, but uh, I won't tell you how he retcons it. But right. that's for when we get there in like six yes. episodes time. <laughs> how many are we doing per episode now? Fifty-five. Right. Okay. Noted. <laughs> Get ready for the next 10-hour podcast. <laughs> but speaking about all new characters and vehicles and stuff, I imagine you're going to speak to speak about some now because it's time for Chris Talks Toys. Chris talks about toys, ho, ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. <laughs> Yes, I am. I <laughs> sorry for fart boxing then on you. Uh, I have decided to go for a cheeky maneuver here. So I always go on about that trip that I took in '89 around this time. I've not heard that story. Go on, I tell never, me. T- I never tell no. anyone. Well, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out a, a spanner in the works and a character from '89 that I did not get on that trip. Okay. <laughs> I still mention it, obviously. Yes. It was obviously it was sold out at the time when I was in the US, and that is the Frag Viper. So obviously in the US it yeah, came nice. out in 89, as I said. Uh, but I bought the bugger in Sheringham in 1991 on a UK or slash European carded version of the of the character. And the Frag Viper is one of those that I remember looking at in, in, in the store. It was one of those little, a little toy shop in Sheringham. Probably like one of the Toy Master kind of jobs, I think, or something along those lines. Very very small scale kind of place and i just fell in love with it i looked at, i just looked at it and thought wow this thing is incredible amazing design it had this weird kind of like i'll explain what it is in a second but from first initial viewing i was like what is that weapon he's got it's like a hook that he throws grenades out of it's amazing so anyway i see this figure like like i said fell in love with it it is a very odd design like the helmet is this kind of like almost insect insect alien type helmet big black eyes silver kind of helmet it has a plastic kind of pipe that runs from the like a mouthpiece to the backpack which i never really understood in terms of practicality and it also has a, this backpack is basically a grenade feeding backpack it has another thicker pipe coming off it that goes into his it's this it's basically a higher Leicester, which is a higher is a game from the basque region of spain whereby they use these kind of like they are like hooks and they have this little like ball that goes inside and they absolutely hoy it at a wall which then deflects off the wall and then someone else has to catch it and throw it back so it's a really it's really dangerous sport actually because if that thing hits you, those those balls are going at high velocity, then, you know, it could really hurt you. So anyway, crazy game. And I knew about it because obviously we had Transworld Sport back in the day. Do you remember that show? Oh, I love Transworld Sport. And they'd always be like, um, they'd always be like interviewing a football player from like Brazil and they'd be talking to him and they'd have this, this same 
voice doing the translated overdub. And it'd be like, I saw, looked up in the crowd and saw my mother. And it was at that moment that I knew that the goal had gone in. And it was like, it's always this ridiculous... It, I always perfect. joke about That's it. That's almost I perfect was, for the Transworld Sport guy. <laughs> I always Is it you? About Are it. you the Transworld Sport guy? I am now. I always joke about it with my buddy Ryan, because we, uh, we, always, we always bring that up in conversation. And then we'll be... <laughs> Would be like doing fake translations over real footballers when the when the the uh, audio's down. Anyway, enough of that. So I knew what higher lie was, spelt J A I A L A I, higher lie. And yeah, and honestly, watching that, I was like, what the? And then seeing this this figure have that as a as like a weapon for lugging grenades, and it's brilliant because it the the pipe from the backpack plugs into that as well, so it it really does give the effect. And you've got little loose grenades that plug onto the top of the backpack too. So it's very, there's a lot of cool, cool features to this one. He's also got this kind of rifle as well. And he's just, he's, I mean, he's this, this light brown deco, almost like a onesie, with then these kind of blue sash strapping all over him. Like you've got like a holster gun on one side. And I think the other one's just like, yeah, it's just like a pouch on the other side. And the straps kind of like go all over the kind of body a little bit. And then there's one on the left arm. But it's a really interesting design, freaky. It's very intimidating design. And I just absolutely love it. And obviously, in terms of, you know, US and UK releases, because we got it in 91, as I said before. But you could also get this figure in the following year in a Woolworths exclusive three pack with low light with the Slaughter's Marauders deco, the European one, and Scoop. But they, they did it in this kind of Woolworths exclusive three-pack card. So it's a card back with a blister with the three figures on it. And you'd get like, sometimes you'd get different three-packs, but the, the one with the Frag Viper, you got low light and scoop with. And they'd all have the same artwork. It was low light, BDSM, Snake Eyes, your favourite, and yeah. the Toxo Viper. Uh, so it'd be that that would be the card art. And then again, I'll, show, I'll put this on Twitter as well so we can all see it in its, in its glory. But as I said, I got this single carded. So it came on that kind of red phased card back with what we got is a is an explosion backing and the US had kind of reverted to that digital explosion. So there's like, it's funny how we'd go back and forth with the US on how these cards were and, you know, how these figures were released design-wise. I thought, I've always found that really interesting. And yeah, and to read his, his file card, finally, getting to the point, an integral part of the Cobra Viper fire team, the Frag Viper can toss high explosive fragmentation grenades with all the range and accuracy of an M79 or M203 RPGL or rocket propelled grenade launcher, but without the noise from the muzzle blast. The secret lies in the manual hurling basket based on the Cesta used in the Basque sport of higher lie. The Frag Viper Cesta is equipped with automatic feed and variable time fuser with a cable link to the helmet's automatic range finder. That's what that is. Yep, there you go. <laughs> a G.I. Joe armed with an M203 40mm grenade launcher can manage a firing rate of five rounds per minute, and as soon as he pops the first round, everybody and his uncle knows where he is. A frag viper with a 50-round magazine and automatic feeder can deliver 15 rounds per minute, and you'll never have any idea where they're coming from. Boom. And, yeah, so that is my Chris Talks Toys this week for the frag viper US 989, UK 91. Boom. Good stuff, good stuff. Always like that, dude. Yeah, there'll be more Chris Talks toys next week, as always, until he runs out of toys, which I don't think is possible. Nope. 
Um, but that can mean only one thing. It's time for time for time for time for <laughs> British colloquialism. There you go. Or over egg in the pudding. We got a pudding. We're gonna egg it. We got a pudding. We're gonna over egg it. We got a pudding. We got no criticisms. That means it's time for some British colloquialism. Finely tuned machine, isn't it? This show. Uh, we always know what's coming. Um, I'm leave- I've got to leave that in. That was brilliant. Yeah, it was you like can you, leave that you, in. Like you completely errored as a you, like you went robot on us for a second there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what you've done there a little bit is not not massively, but you've actually done one of my British colloquialisms. Is you've uh, have been taking the piss, and that is my British colloquialism: taking the piss. I'm gonna have to and... un like not bleep that. Aren't yeah, I? You, you're going to have to not bleep this one. So apologies uh, if you this are is a minor. Ex- this is an explicit episode. I think you, you say can piss. say piss, though, can't you? Is that a swear word? Well, it depends. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it is. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. It's like it, I don't think. I think it's hard. More. I think it's harder than bloody, which isn't a swear word, yeah. but softer than obviously. <laughs> yeah, but but in the states, like in the UK. Damn is not a swear word, but isn't that a swear word in the States, or am I just making that up? I think you're making that up. I, I, I don't know. So I think can people say, say damn. damn. I think okay. people don't say God damn because it's blasphemous, but okay. who, who gives a f***, right? Yeah. I would have to say that it's it's difficult to say. It's whatever. I mean, some people could take offence to it. If their kids are listening and they hear a piss and then the kid starts repeating it, yeah. that could be where there's a problem. But I'd, again, uh, I'm not going to bleep that. Anyway, so yes, taking the piss. So that I, I've got no idea on the origins of this. I don't look any of that origin stuff up. Chris does because he's a he's a better at research than me. But basically, it just means if you're sarcastically or another one is taking the Mickey. I could have said that one instead of taking the piss. That's the, that's the potentially non-swear. Taking the piss is a Commonwealth term meaning to go. take liberties at the expense of others, or to be joking, or to be unreasonable. It is a shortening of the idiom, taking the piss out of, which is an expression meaning to mock, tease, joke, ridicule, or scoff. It is not to be confused with taking a piss, which refers to the act <laughs> of urinating. Taking the Mickey, Mickey Bliss, Cockney rhyming slang, taking the Mick, or taking the Michael is another term for making fun of someone. These terms are most widely used in the United Kingdom, Ireland, South Africa, New Zealand, and Australia. Yeah. Origin. Take the piss may be a reference to a related and dated idiomatic expression piss proud which is a vulgar pun referring to the morning erections which happen when a man awakens at the end of a dream cycle each about 90 minutes in length throughout the night or may be caused by a full bladder pressing upon nerves that help affect erection this could be considered a false erection as its origin is physiological not sexual so in a metaphoric sense then someone who is piss proud would suffer from false pride and taking the piss out of them refers to deflating the false pride though disparagement or mockery as knowledge of the expression's metaphoric origin became lost on users taking the piss out of came to be synonymous with disparagement or mockery itself with less regard to the pride of the subject what has just happened (laughs) what has just happened i don't know what's going on anymore Um, piss proud mate you're just piss proud well done for that on the spot research you're welcome Uh, i was just going to leave it as taking the piss and that was it but you've gone the extra mile you're Um, you're taking the piss if you're going to leave it like like that (laughs) yeah so there you go that's uh what 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 chris said i've completely forgotten what mine is no i haven't what is yours mine is an interesting one because it refers to the kind of art of telling the time and the differences we have with us and the united states now (laughs) 
I've been caught out a few times where people just stare at me after I've after they've asked like they've talked about like what the t- what, you know asked me what the time is or whatever and can, I've said can I guess can I guess go on, go on. you've said something like it's quarter past the hour or no I've said half five half okay, five or half yeah. four or half three no but everyone knows what that means surely five third surely surely yeah. no that is what? not an American term come on they'll just they'll just literally say five thirty or they'll say uh what's the other one they said the other day it was absolute belter and i was just like nah f- off in fact i'll have to say that next episode but i'll just double check the the one they said it was just honestly i was like oh my nan used to say the best one i mean this is taking the piss when we're, we're <laughs> yeah. this is a british one and it was five and 22 i was yeah, like hang on what yeah, yeah. the f- <laughs> just just don't that's so unnecessary yeah. i love i love it to death but hell what is that about <laughs> just add them numbers up just add that five it's and that five, 20 six up. three and a half and six twentieths two what yeah, don't you know that come on <laughs> yeah. oh anyway okay, so I, your I one is it. literally just half five uh, mate half five it's it's half, half five, five. So I'm it's looking at the five. clock now okay when we start recording i think it was uh half eight, half eight. for me yeah. and it would have been half two for you yeah yeah. But there you go. There'll be more. Uh, there'll be more of that sort of stuff next week. So if that's what you're into, join us at around the one hour ten mark next week, uh, and you'll be or the seventy minute mark or the uh, not quite past the half two mark. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> just just listen <laughs> the to the whole show next week. Mark. Yeah, the five and twenty-two mark, and that's where that's where your British colloquialisms, the pudding, will be egged. Baby. We need to do that. We need to put it in like a position that that yeah. makes hilarious timekeeping. Yeah. Hilarious for me and you. Yeah, yeah. no one else. No. We're going to close the show out with Chief Ask Chris a question. Chief Ask Chris a question. What'll he say? What'll he do when Chief Ask Chris a question? You still, you bet you still haven't thought of one, have you? No, I haven't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you are going to have to edit this because that was my whole job was basically, I didn't have a question and I thought, don't worry, during the course of the show, especially when Chris is talking toys and I don't actually have to say anything, I can just listen and then come up with a question. I didn't actually come up with a question. Oh, I'll tell you what, I have got a question. Yeah, go on then. Because I was actually going to talk about this at the beginning of the show um, right. and I forgot so I will ask you a question. It's a little bit different than normal questions, which are generally pop culture or food related. But with the news this week, uh, the big news, if you're into NFL, of the retirement of Andrew Luck. Oh, wow, although, yeah. Again, this is now it's been all old over news. The news yeah. This yeah. is old news because we are recording a week in the future, Oh, which is now your past if you're listening to this so you better go back in time go oh back funny in time. i'm wearing marty mcfly's hat and i'll take oh, yeah. i'll prove it by taking a picture i've actually taken it off to actually put my headphones on okay. but i'm taking a picture as we speak now with the mic and the hat and everything in charge nothing but anyway well it does because i'm sending it now at this moment in time to, to you oh, look, I've got a, so you'll see. know I've, I've are you ready a... i'm wearing marty mcfly's hat on There's top of my headphones there he is mother's golden boy uh, yes, it is a Marty McFly hat. I'll, I'll give it to you. I just that was like a nice. That seems to happen a lot when we do recordings. Like, well, like the grapefruit scenario. Yes, the grapefruit yes, scenario. I do. Of eighty uh, anyway, six. My question is: How will the Colts fare this season without uh, Andrew Luck? Same way they fare every season. <laughs> well, I don't know. I but, thought they. they well, they, actually, they, they'll be worse now. But yeah, um, yeah. You, you're not. Like, I'm, I was taking the piss. But yeah, I was just taking the piss, mate. <laughs> I can say that so much now and not have to bleep it. I I would say they're probably going to struggle um, because he was 
the difference, I think, personally, in that team. And I also think since they got rid of MC Neat as well, they've had uh, <laughs> they've had difficulties. And I yeah. will play DJ Luck and MC Neat in the background, yeah. so I would, that I would be at least if you didn't. we know what they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I actually fancied them. I'd already stuck a tenner on to win the Super Bowl. Now I will not really? get a tenner back. Yeah, yeah. They're like I think they're like. Uh, fifth or sixth favourites. Do you know what? I would have put money on the Kansas City Chiefs had all of the players not, you know, gone around killing kids and beating their yeah, wives and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, domestic abusers. Yeah. I, I think if they'd if they'd have like if they'd have kept Hill and uh, I think they still have Hill, but they, if they'd uh, have Hunt. kept yeah. Hunt and Hill, kind of like in you know the way they were playing, that would have been they'd have been unstoppable. They, should, they just had to sort the defense out. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so, sorry. So, yeah, uh, we, we think the Colts will struggle. Well, I actually think they can still win that division because that division is a bunch of bag and knackers, really. Tennessee, Jacksonville and Houston, I'm not really convinced by any of them. I yeah. think they can. Eight and eight could win that division. Uh, but I think they can win that division, but then they're going to struggle. They're not I think doing anything, though, are they? Quarterback, really... they've got Jacoby Brissett, who was a cast-off. I mean, he was part of... Belichick's Pats I think a couple of years ago but he never really played then he I think he played a bit for the Colts when Luck got injured last time but I don't really know have you seen that video of Luck getting hit by like lo- like you know loads of sacks and him mic'd up and like just kind of saying things like oh good hit you know like being really nice and polite have you right. seen that video no it is brilliant I'll see if oh, I can yeah. find it for you but it's like basically him just getting absolutely slammed every yeah. you know but just by like defensive ends basically right. and he's like every time he's like he's just the, apparently he's the nicest guy yeah, in American yeah. football oh nice hit man oh, nice time boy good job big boy a little help oh, big strong man nice yeah. right, nice play buddy good job buddy he comes across as a really nice guy and, you know, it was unfortunate that this they finally had an offensive line where he was not going to get sacked as much. And <laughs> apparently, in his last preseason game, or the preseason game for which he retired, the home fans were booing him. Oh, Absolute no. disgrace. It's Scumbags. horrible, that is. Scumbags. But and anyway. that's why I just I, I don't really want them to do well for that reason alone. Because, yeah. yeah. uh, you know, it's not... You know, he has... To, it's his life, guys. Just because... You know, you've got nothing going on in yours, basically, yeah. other than a sports team. Just <laughs> f- yeah. off. Sorry, that I got really angry there. There you go. So uh, we think the Indianapolis Colts might do enough to stay in that division, but they will not go any further than that. Uh, and that was my poorly, that was my poorly ad hoc question for Chris. I, I I'm making a pledge uh, for next week to have a better question, uh, or not a better I question. Mind, I, don't, I, I don't mind if it's sports related. I love okay. like sports. But maybe uh, I'll, I'll have taken the time to come up with a question prior to the show, rather than just kind of making it up on the spot. It's more fun. It's more spontaneous. Okay. All right. Um, we have semied. Right, we have. <laughs> let me start again. again. We've got we've got uh, the semblance of a plan. Um, I was going to say we've got a semi plan. We've got a semblance of a plan for upcoming issue, upcoming episodes. Please because do join proud. us next week when we'll be covering. It's just a triple whammy next week. So we've got one sixteen, one seventeen, one eighteen, which is Destro Search Destroy. It's a three part uh, Destro storyline. And then following that, the, the following week, we will have just a single uh, issue to cover, which is 119, because we're going to have uh, bookend that show with the awards ceremony for the uh, 1989 and 1990. We'll be covering all the main categories. 
to dish out the, the big golden joes for that and then after that i think we're going to be doing 120 to 123 as a four-parter we're also hoping to get fabulous mr andrew wildman onto the show because this is the start of his run uh whether you know he comes on to discuss the issues or we just have a breakdown of his time on joe that would be great uh and so that is what's awesome. coming up in the future of talking joe so uh, stick with us you can find us in all the usual places talking joe comics at gmail.com if you want to get in touch Talking Joe Comics on Instagram, Talking Underscore Joe on Twitter, and Talking Joe at G.I. Joe Podcast on Facebook. In fact, you posted a good article on uh, the Facebook group about uh, some Tony Salmon's black and white art. Yeah, which which had me kind of changing my mind a little bit and looking at it from a a different perspective, yes. Yeah, so go on the the Facebook group, um, ask ask to join up. Good friend of Tim Finn, by the way. Uh, He's the one that did the article, really. He's putting together a G.I. Joe book that would... Once come once it comes out will be amazing covering cool. like the history of GI Joe. Right. Yeah, good stuff. Go there and check it out. But um, if people want to get hold of you, you can you can get hold of me if you want on uh, Chiefy Two Shoes on Twitter. That's Chiefy Number Two Shoes. Uh, if people want to get hold of you, where can they get hold of you? You can find me hiding behind a little corner like an alley viper away from yep. Roadblock, Facts, <laughs> Muskrat, and uh, Tunnel Rat. Um, no, you can find me on as Diagnostic AT. That's D I A G N O S T I K eight zero on Twitter and Instagram and you can also follow the Full Force podcast on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Podbean iTunes and Stitcher and Patreon we have a Patreon so give us money because we're amazing and with all that said and done we will catch you down the road bye yeah